Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. On today's episode, we'll talk with style vintage expert Coley Arnold, founder of Junk in the Trunk Vintage Market, about shopping for vintage and repurposed finds for your home. We'll learn what's in, what's out, how to shop a multi day bizarre style sale to find timeless treasures and how to make the prison system work for your home all that and more on this week's episode of the home hour welcome home hello graham hey how are you kirsten good to talk to you what's going on oh nothing much what's going on with you i know you had a big party last night yeah, we're just recuperating. We had 12 people over for dinner. My husband's law firm. We have the new little recruits in town and we were trying to wine and dine them. And it was really fun. We got to have a chef come to our house. He cooked up some really neat Thai food dishes. And that's kind of a unique experience for us. We don't get to do that all that often. But when the law firm helps cover the costs, it's a treat to have someone in your house cooking wow. and cleaning. That is so cool. I've never had a chef cook in my house. That would be amazing. Um, Graham, I think I may officially give you the title hostess with the most considering you've done that not just once but a couple times it's amazing well but we love entertaining yes you do but even though you're the hostess with the mostest i'm turning the tables on you today and i am going to be giving you the hostess with the mostest quiz oh my gosh okay okay now i will be honest this is a little bit more of a cooking quiz but you know i mean honestly isn't hosting just all 90 yeah 95 percent of hosting is cooking i think so so exactly so our quiz today is on eggs i'm on a really big egg kick i've been i've been eating eggs for breakfast kind of consistently so i'm buying a lot of eggs thinking about eggs eggs are on the mind and i want to see how much you know about eggs are you ready i'm ready okay question number one hard-boiled eggs are easier to peel if you add this to the water a teaspoon of lemon juice a tablespoon of salt, a teaspoon of white vinegar, or a half a cup of baking soda. Oh, I'm totally going to say white vinegar. Isn't that what you add to uh, to make them peel? White vinegar? Uh, no, it is. You're not. kidding me. No, it is. What not. do you What are you supposed to add? You're supposed to add salt. Adding some salt to the water before it boils is the best way to help your eggs be easier to peel. Now that, okay, so I'm already adding salt because I know that that changes the boiling point and makes the water boil faster. And of course, all the cooking I do is often in a hurry. Okay, so vinegar, I like that. No, salt. (laughs) Oh no, salt. (laughs) You know what it is? You're just spoiled. Your eggs have always been easy to peel. (laughs) Right, I've never had a problem. (laughs) I always wondered why. I will tell you why you're saying that, the perfect way to cook eggs. And I even saw Martha Stewart do this the other day. You boil them from cold water. You let them boil for two minutes and then you turn them off and let them sit in the hot water for nine minutes and it that makes is, the perfect egg. It is. It's totally true. That's how I've always done that. It's my, my yeah. mom taught me that and I agree. Okay. True or false? You can totally freeze eggs. False. Uh, true. You know nothing of eggs. Yes. I know nothing of eggs and I eat millions of eggs. I mean, we are going through dozens a week. <laughs> yes. So, no. Well, okay. All right. Maybe I shouldn't have said that because the truth is that's a yes and no question. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry for the loud no, but um, you can freeze egg whites, okay? That's fine to freeze. Now, egg yolks, 
kind of can be frozen. So yeah, well, you were kind of wrong then. Egg yolks can be frozen, but you can't freeze them just as they are. You have to stabilize them with either some salt or, um, or sugar. So either a teaspoon of salt or a tablespoon of sugar for a couple, um, you know, like six beaten egg yolks, let's say. And, um, and that, but you, you should just obviously label them at that point because obviously- Can we please have a listener thing. write in hello at thehomehour.com. I'm ready to start answering so a little bit more email. Hello at thehomehour.com. What is the reason for freezing eggs other than fertility issues? Um, <laughs> why? Just tell that, me why. That little joke made- eggs a little less appealing suddenly um yes no i know that's a really good question like eggs are not that like it's not like you spend a lot of time cooking something and you want to freeze it for later like just just make some eggs that's a little bit i'm with you graham that's a little bit but I'd, lo- I'd love to hear someone's uses for freezing eggs okay graham which egg now all i'm thinking about is fertility <laughs> which which egg should cost more brown eggs or free-range organic eggs I'm going free range organic because I just came back from Whole Foods and that place is a fortune. Oh, Whole Paycheck? Yes. Um, no, you are right. Uh, but oh, but it is so much fun there. Brown eggs are not anything that you should pay extra for. That just has to do with the breed of the chicken that laid it. Um, it's it's not like bread. It's not like you're getting, you know, I mean, I kind of think that in my mind, like it's like white bread versus whole grain bread, but it's totally, totally a lie. Yes, it has nothing to do with that. And similarly, 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 the the deep um, yellow yolk color Mm -hmm. versus a pale yellow color. Yeah, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter at all. Again, it has to do with the chicken. It is not like one is desirable or more nutritious. The color does not matter. So So. it's, it's guest choice. Yes, choice. Have you seen that one kind of egg, that one kind of chicken though that lays those beautiful like light blue eggs? The chicken that lays the beautiful eggs. Oh have yeah, those, are, those, those are all the rage. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I that's like maybe the only chicken I would have in my house. Just have those pretty blue eggs. Oh, although here's the thing, chicken. Um, we have to. Can we please do a show on raising chickens because everybody oh. is so into this. Chickens and, are everywhere. We right. have them wandering all around. You'll pass chickens on the street. They're, oftentimes, you'll see them crossing the road. <laughs> right. But here's the thing, like, have you eaten like some of those, those fresh laid eggs from someone's backyard? Oh, they're fantastic. Really? See, I actually like, I love fresh garden, like the vegetables that taste like they're from the earth, amazing. Like, I kind of like my eggs tasting like they're from a carton. You're probably the same way my children won't eat pure maple syrup. They think it tastes like I'm trying to serve them something unbelievable. It's like um, too earthy. It like tastes too much like... It's like too close. Like I'm okay with a little bit of processing. I don't know. Maybe that makes me sound disgusting, but it was a little too earthy for me. Anyhow, I'm I'm okay with my wonder bread of eggs. Okay. Last question, G. True or false? If you find a speck of blood in the egg, it's totally okay to eat it. I'm going to say true only because when my children are oftentimes bleeding and I've made them some sort of meal, I say, you better finish what I made. You better keep eating that. So yes. that would never slow me down. You got that right. So, um, Good. yes, the, the little egg, it, if you want to remove it for aesthetic reasons, which I guess you're not even going to do, that's fine, but it doesn't make a difference on the taste. It's not unhealthy to eat it. It's just a little speck of blood. You're totally a okay. Kirsten, those are ex- excellent facts. <laughs> they were extraordinary. I loved it. But I'm so excited today because oh, wait, we have wait. some... I have uh, one more egg fact for you, Graham. Oh, man, it never ends. Well, it's I like just... a dozen facts with you. <laughs> okay, fine. No more egg facts for you. You're done. No, well, what I wanted to say was, and I actually think this is useful for you, because you do a little bit of baking. I do no baking. Baking is not my, it's not my thing. Do you bake? You bake. Yeah, I do. Okay, mm-hmm. so, because baking is too much of a science, and... Um, and this is like, this, this is exactly why I don't bake. You have to really pay attention to the details. And I'm more of like a big picture. Um, but 
We're talking to Coley today, Coley Arnold, who, who does vintage stuff. Everything is vintage. And I know you love vintage cookbooks. I know you collect old cookbooks. Um, when you are baking and you are using an old cookbook, you should really keep in mind when they say a large egg, that by today's standards could just mean a medium egg um, because eggs have gotten larger. Like a lot of things have gotten larger portions. Same with Interesting, eggs. Interesting, so the modifications. Okay. Right, so if you're doing like a really old cookbook, you may, and then it says large egg, size it down because large doesn't mean what it used Go to Go to medium. Well, and that's the problem is oftentimes I'll use the extra large eggs just because that's what I buy for the kids because yeah. it seems to make more sense. And that probably is messing up some of my recipes. I never even thought about that. Yeah, if you're using vintage cookbooks, you may want to change your eggs. So, and I'm a but, huge vintage cookbook collector. Yes, so. you are. And like many things vintage, we um, have an amazing interview today for anyone else who is into vintage. Um, Coley Arnold is on the show. She is incredible. This woman just does vintage so well. Uh, she incorporates it into her decor. She incorporated it into her building her house. We're going to have so many amazing pictures. If you go to thehomehour.com, our show notes are going to be filled with pictures. We're going to put a bunch of pictures on Instagram this week because um, y'all just need to see what she does. And she started this market called Junk in the Trunk Vintage Market. It is here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then it's also in Los Angeles and San Diego. So if you are traveling to the West Coast this summer, you may want to go on our website and see if your vacations coincide. And if they do, you you can just say you're welcome. I will say you're welcome because it is incredible. This, like, she has over thirty five thousand people that attend her different markets. It's it's really quite. She's a powerhouse. Graham, it's amazing. Like live music all day, food trucks. These vendors, they do these displays. Like even if you're going to buy nothing, just to see the inspiration, um, just incredible. So if you if you are not making any trips out to the West Coast and you will never get to a vintage market, let me just tell you, follow her on Instagram anyway at Junk in the Trunk, um, just for the pictures, and it will get your creative juices flowing. And she has so much great wisdom for us on how to decorate with vintage stuff, how to repurpose. Um, I think we just get right to this interview because it's full of good stuff. And Coley is also just a lovely person. Well, we can do that. But we have a sponsor that I want to mess it, uh, talk about. We have Shoot Along is our sponsor this week again. And they are offering a condensed photography course for parents who want to learn to take better pictures of their kids using their DSLR cameras. They're offering an eight-week course that includes membership in a private Facebook group, as well as weekly lessons. And the course is repeated throughout the year. But our next session is coming up June 12th through August 6th. And especially for our listeners, they've given 10% off. All you need to do to claim this offer is go to shootalong.com forward slash the home hour. So that's shootalong.com forward slash the home hour. And if you put in the promo code, the home hour, when you're checking out, you'll save 10% on your eight week course. Thank you for reminding me. I can't believe I almost forgot that. Yes, this is um, a great course. And uh, they've been a sponsor over at the Mom Hour for a while now. And uh, the feedback's been great. Um, I've done a course like this before. And this sort of format with the Facebook group and that accountability and that community. And then also the flexibility of not having to go to an actual place. You can do this from your own home. Um, it's just really excellent. So again, it's shoot along slash the home hour. And the promo code is the home hour. And we can save 10% on this eight-week course. So if you are traveling, like we were talking about earlier, um, how great to... How great to have the skills to take beautiful pictures of your kiddos on these adventures this summer. So it's a great time for a course like this, too. So anyway, uh, please check that out. And thank you again, Shoot Along, for your sponsorship. We appreciate that. And uh, without further ado, here is Coley Arnold from Junk in the Trunk. Hello, everybody. We're here on the Home Hour with Coley Arnold, the founder of Junk in the Trunk Vintage Market. Coley, welcome to the Home Hour. We're thrilled you're with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. 
Hey, Coley, this is Kirsten, and um, this is actually our first in-person interview we did, so this is a little bit different. I've got Coley sitting here in my kitchen, the very one and only. Um, so I am very fortunate because I, unlike Graham, have been to the vintage market, and I have done my best to explain to Graham just the amazing experience that that is the junk in the trunk um, vintage market. But I would love your help to kind of paint this picture for her and for our listeners. Can you explain what exactly is junk in the trunk and how it how it all began? Yeah, so um, junk in the trunk is a vintage market, and we hold it twice a year in Scottsdale, and then we're expanding to California. And we actually started um, accidentally, um, which my husband always likes to tell the story and he's way better at it, but I'm gonna do it justice. I'm gonna try to do it justice. Um, we, my, my girlfriend and I, it was actually three of us when we first started. We all went on a vacation with our husbands and we were talking about um, how there wasn't really a huge community of vintage people and handmade people that really intermixed and did things together and supported each other and at the at the time I was repainting furniture like vintage furniture and my um other two girls sorry um your other two friends (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yes so the other two girls were also doing like handmade signs and painted furniture and we were kind of noticing that there was a like a void in the community Mm -hmm. uh, with that and so um, part of the reason why we started was to get all the crap out of our garage. So we're, we were like semi hoarders and our husbands were like, all right, this has got to stop. You have to get rid of this stuff. So you have to at least sell it and make, like, let me park in the car or in the garage, um, which has ne- never happened. It's been six years, but, um, so we were like, well, let's just put together a little back- backyard market and we'll kind of call it like a glorified garage sale. And we're, we'll pray that a hundred people show up. So we, we ended up calling um, a few people that we had bought and sold from um, on Craigslist that we didn't know, and then we got a couple friends. So we ended up having 23 vendors in, a, in our friend's backyard. And it was like, in a, it's in a neighborhood, and um, we ended up having 600 people show up. It's amazing. And sold about $15,000 worth of items in four hours. That's amazing. And how did you advertise that first one? Um, we we advertised on our own Facebook page, which had, I think, eight followers, which were like our parents. Sweet. So that's slightly <laughs> more than we have. That's great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. You know, we, we, so we you're saying gold. there's hope. <laughs> there's hope. There's hope. I love it. So, um, but one of our vendors ended up listing the sale on like the newspapers, like things to do this weekend. So you could like submit your own thing. And so she submitted it and it got picked up and we almost got shut down by the police. They came and they were like, (laughs) you can't have two miles long of cars like down a neighborhood. Oh, can't you? I bet you can. Shut us down. Yeah. And did you know garage sales are actually illegal? Like signs, putting signs out? No. Because they have to be like a certain like feet, certain amount of feet like behind. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Okay. So listeners also afraid of a garage sale or I guess maybe it turns into an amazing business. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great example of a... Sometimes you're going to break a few rules when you're a female entrepreneur. It's impressive. Right. Exactly. So we had like a line out the door and our husbands kind of looked at each other and they're like, congratulations, you just started a business. And we were like, no way. Lindsay was pregnant with her second or her third I had just had my second we were like there's no way we are not having a business right now (laughs) oh my goodness okay well clearly then kind of inspiring so it's gone obviously a long way from the garage sale now tell me about the junk of the truck of today yeah so we have um now we have over 170 vendors in Scottsdale and about 100 in each of our San Diego and LA shows and we 
bringing in about 15,000 people in one weekend. So it's pretty 15,000 people. So this is a, this is a force to be reckoned with. I mean, that's a serious, that's a serious. Uh, <laughs> like she has that. like a PhD in junking. Well, I want to talk about that. Coolie, but just, I do, I do know my junk. <laughs> I want to use, I want to use some terms that I like to consider myself to be. I am a queen dumpster diver. I like to look for things out by the curb that may be trash to treasure. I like some upcycling. Do we, I'm using all these big terms I'm throwing out there. So I want kind of our listenership to understand what vintage is. Like paint the picture when I walk into Junk in the Trunk Vintage Market. What exactly is vintage? Is that kind of, I, I go to a lot of the um, antique booth places that can be found around uh-huh. town. Is it similar? Is it different? How is it juried? Tell me why. Yeah, why, it's why? similar. I think I think the biggest thing um, that sets us apart is that we we actually like to call ourselves like Pinterest in flesh. Like we Mm -hmm. kind of a pop up Pinterest board because it's so inspiring. Mm -hmm. So we have 170 vendors and they don't just like like I know I've been to flea markets in California and I've been to antique booths and sometimes the the booths are really small. Um, But these these vendors have a lot of space and they spend about three days actually setting up their booth. So it is phenomenal it's beautiful it's high it's inspiring a lot of them do like color themes so you can really walk in and picture and visualize how those pieces work in rooms um so it's really you can even if you don't want to buy vintage you go you go and you get inspired to kind of change your home and make it feel homey and um and it just it's kind of a fun place like like i said it's kind of like a pop-up pinterest and I think the scary thing about vintage right now is this is going to make you feel really old is vintage is everything 20 years and older. So right now we're looking at 1997. Oh, oh my that goodness. actually yeah. really makes me feel old. It's terrifying, right? But what, most of our vendors stick to like 20s to 20s to 70s, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And you find a lot of a lot of our vendors travel all over the country and they pick, they go pick in, um, and they pick out pieces that you can't find here in Arizona because we're just You know, I have realized that. Okay, so we will go all over. My grandma and I obviously will travel all over and kind of find things. And I've noticed that the West Coast trends more Asian to be more Asian inspired with their antiques and vintage wear. And I think that's obviously because stuff came a little bit easier from the East. And I've noticed that you can find a lot more European antiques, which might be a little of more sense. interest out West. Um, you know, I think mm-hmm. Eastern homes tend to have more uh, not Eastern, I should say East Coast homes try, tend to have more kind of European, English, antique vibe, wherein West Coast homes almost will trend a little more Asian-inspired. And that's something I've noticed. Have you ever seen that? You know, I don't know if I've noticed the Asian-inspired, but I definitely have noticed, like, the East Coast. But it but it makes sense. I mean, I think also, like, we're so new. And so if you go to, say, Alabama or one of those southern states they throw they take the windows out of their house and they throw them away well people here buy them we yeah we pay we pay a lot of money around those windows exactly we pay a lot of money for those windows because they're old and we don't have anything that old so it's just funny what people like you said trash to treasure it really is someone could be throwing something away and it's someone that's something that someone here would like kill for, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So why, what, what is it for you about like buying something in a vintage market versus just like going to Pottery Barn or like going and, you know, what, what, why is it, that, what draws you to that? Yeah. When we first got married, I, we like went to Ikea and bought, we spent $2,000 on a credit card and bought everything black, white, and red, everything matched. 
And like two months later, I was like, I hate myself. Like, I hate this so much. <laughs> I'm getting depressed. I don't want to be home. Everything's falling apart. When you see the IKEA um, catalog and you think it's your living room, right? Like, oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and again, like you go to someone else's house and they have the same table or they have the same chair. And you're like, that, to me, that wasn't fun. And so we, again, we had no money. And so my husband said, if you want to change our living room, that's fine. But you have to do it for free. So I started dumpster diving and I, st- I would go and look at the bulk trash pickups and I would drive around the neighborhood and I got couches, I got chairs, and then I would just paint them. I got rugs. Um, and so our house was transformed within six months and it was different and people would come over and go, oh my gosh, where did you get this chair? Oh my gosh, where did you get this rug? And it was, it was special because no one else had it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So if someone obviously at, at this point you, you can you know, really take your time and you're not, you know, trying to, to do everything in a rush like that, but what, um, and you obviously have resources now with all of these, these being the vintage queen of of the (laughs) West coast. But, um, but what about somebody who like thinks it's cool? Like, yeah, I'd love to add a couple of vintage pieces, but like, they're too scared to go like, hardcore like what is what are some good like right you're putting elbow you're putting elbow grease into stuff what well, yeah, yeah what are some ways I could get what started are, like, like the first things you could try to bring it in yeah I think one of the easiest things to add are little accessories um if you're afraid to do like the the furniture some people are afraid of germs and don't want at someone's old nasty chair sitting in the living room which I totally understand uh, but if you did find a cool chair that you loved the lines you could get it reupholstered so it has a new fabric, a new feel, but an old style, old shape. Um, also ways that I love to do is like vintage suitcases. They're super fun. Like those over there? Yes. <laughs> They're super <laughs> fun. The they add character. They're a conversation piece. You can put them, stack them and put them as a side table, or you can put them underneath like a coffee table and put blankets in them. Or um, That's there, great. there's just so many ways. You know what I saw that was actually really cool the other day? Somebody had taken an old suitcase and they had mounted it above their vanity in a bathroom and they had put a piece of glass on the front and made it a mirror. And it actually, you know, because it opens on the side, it was acting as a medicine cabinet. I thought that was a neat use for a suitcase. Very cool. Yeah, Um, people are so creative and I love it. And I think those are the things that make vintage unique because you walk in and you go, whoa, that's super cool. Like you can't find that at Pottery Barn. You can't find, not not that there's anything against Pottery Barn because I love, and I think mixing, the key to is mixing. If you have, if you walk in and granted, I'm probably on the side of like walking in and everything is vintage in my house, but you kind of really need a mix. You need something that's streamlined and clean and then those vintage pieces pop out. Um, So it's almost better to to select your kind of few favorite pieces and my rule of thumb is if you love it buy it and you're gonna fit it in your house oh so you okay that's by, a really good rule if you walk by something in a store or a vintage market or a flea market and you see something that just like your heart kind of does a little pitter patter that's the you just buy it you're gonna <laughs> figure it out if you need to paint it if you need to reupholster it if you need to clean it like you'll figure it out and you'll it'll fit in your house because you love it so how much of the stuff that you buy do you buy it and then you're like oh there it goes i bought it it's in you know what what it what is like the ikea crate and barrel this um that you can just put in and how much of it it's like okay this i don't know what it's going to be i don't know if it's going to be a sink or if it's going to be a chair or i don't know or like yeah. how much would you buy and just totally rework that's a good question. I, when we were building our house, I think I reworked a lot of things. I have an old um, barn. It was like a sink that's all galvanized metal. And it had three slots. I think it was in a restaurant or a barn, like old. Cool. Um, and it was all, it, it's, it's amazing. So now for my boy's sink, I have three boys. So they each have a little portion of the sink and they love it. They think it's the best. Can we put a picture of that on our website? Because yeah. it is a cool sink yeah. to that. It's really fun. I love it. Um, and then I have 
what, let's see what else we've used like old barnwood shelves we used um i got an old clawfoot tub off craigslist and we repainted it um and put it in our bathroom so yeah we and we have like dressers for vanities we used two vintage dressers um, for the band is your husband handy as well? I'm just asking, what kind of arsenal or team do you need to assemble? Because I was looking around your website and watching the video, and I noticed you had this really neat old, it looked like a children's car, or maybe that was in your partner's home. Oh, yes. But um, no, it was like no. a child's car, and you had it's turned it into a car. light. It was the neatest light fixture. Well, let's put that up on the website as well, because that was fantastic. Um, if we could get a picture. Yeah, of at your house? Yeah. So cool. So we have, uh, my husband is, I think he can be handy if he'd like to be, but he doesn't want to be. So I have a electrician that I have on speed dial and he comes over. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me your speed, tell me your speed dial. Rewire something. Once a week. Yeah. I think it's the, it's the, um, the electrician. And then when we were building our house, the plumber was like my best friend. And then he finally said, I am really so sick of you. I can't. I cannot come over again um, because I had him do all sorts of crazy things <laughs> where guy was like, you want me to do what with that? Mm. Um, no, my husband and I totally have expression. We used to do DIY and now he's like, he's so over it. And so he now lets me do YDI, which means <laughs> you do it. So <laughs> I find the awesome project. I figure out what I want to do. And then I like find my guy. Yeah. And I'm like, guy. here's my Pinterest board. Now YDI. So I see women who like pick up power tools and are like totally BAs. And I'm like, I, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, that's not going to be me ever. I just, usually I fail it. Yeah. I'll paint something. Problem. I can't reupholster. So you need an upholstery gal or guy who's a go-to. And actually, this is going to sound super weird, but a lot of prisons do it because they teach their, <laughs> they teach their, I think I know, we just found the skill. title to the show and maybe the greatest DIY hack ever. Um, Coley, please elaborate. <laughs> we need every detail. I'm going to and I'm going to need a list of the local prisons. (laughs) So prisons have to, like, they have to work. So they teach their... Yes, they do. It's like skills. And it's like super cheap. So you can take your piece down to the prison and give them the fabric and they will reupholster it. Like, I've heard it's amazing work. I have personally not done it. Literally, we're taking my dining room chairs over to the prison the minute we finish this. We'll just try it. it. I've heard it's amazing. I'm, yes, I'm just saying. Well, you know what? I'm, you know, that, I can see that because when, when I was in the army, I mean, this is not that this is not exactly the same thing at all. Just to clarify, but like in the army, we did we had like whole workshops. Yeah. Like that's where I learned to refinish furniture because they had these like morale, welfare, and recreation centers, which are basically YMCA's, but they also had like car finishes. Yeah. And I would paint tables. I mean, Kirsten no, was out in the military. The listeners, her husband was in the military. I, I, I was second. not in the military. <laughs> I was busy refurnishing tables. (laughs) Well, I would say, Coley, that is thinking way outside of the box. But from the prison joke, it's actually thinking way inside the box. That's fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, So so that's that's encouraging, though, to know that you can go, you can have your eye, you can have your vision. And you're you're not saying, like, don't write off all this stuff just because there's going to be some work. And you're not that if you if you outsource part of that work. And I think, yes. And I think one of the one of the best things to me about vintage is that they made pieces like so differently than they do today. Mm -hmm. It's if you go to a store now, we in fact, we ordered some stuff from online store and I had to get it reshipped to me three times because it kept coming back broken. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't happen if you ordered it in 1950s. That's really true. You know, and so if you find something that is constructed really well, you can always change the finish, the paint or the fabric. That's easy. 
it might cost a little bit of money, but you're probably going to find the piece really cheap that you can, then you'd spend about the same amount of money as if you walked into Pottery Barn or Z Gallery and you have this beautiful one of a kind unique piece that you've customized because you've refinished, you've picked up the fabric, but it's this beautiful line that no one else has. Right. It's so environmentally friendly what you're doing. Right. Well, I've spent a lot of money reupholstering things. No. And, but I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh, is that just silly? Like, should I just bought something new? But that's actually like encouraging because no, I wouldn't have. And, you know, I did spend money and maybe it even penciled out, but to be yeah. the same. But um, that's well, good. I have okay, a question. Thank you for yeah. that. Tiny, what are, what yeah. are some of the styles? What should people be on the lookout for? Is there anything you're seeing lots of anything that's maybe Ooh, like the trends uh, overdone? Um, what, what are, do you, do you ever, when you have all these vendors come in, do you ever find a lot of vendors who try to repeat, you know, try to, I mean, is there a market? Kirsten told me kind of cotton bowls are popping up everywhere. Um, are there too many cotton bowls? Are there too lip, too few cotton bowls? Yes. What's, what's hot? What's <laughs> I was trying to explain this to Graham and she's like, you mean like, I was walking in high cotton. Like, like, what do you mean cotton is trending? I'm like, trust me, it's cotton's hot. It, it is actually really funny. Whoever is like the cotton farmers are like banking right now. They are never going to make so much money in their life because I don't know what it is, but people pay like $10 a stem for cotton. It kills me. Um, but they love it. Like, and we don't have a ton of cotton out here, so it's not easily accessible. Um, yeah, I think cotton, you know, it's funny. It's, it's funny to watch like, the trends where you'll see right now sugar molds are like super popular. What's a sugar mold? They are, I don't know if you've seen them. They're like very long and skinny, like kind of rectangular and they have holes in the top. So a lot of people use them for planters or for candles. Okay. And they actually are molds. Like that's what they make sugar out of in Mexico. Um, Let's put a picture of a sugar mold up on the site. Let's do it. And a cotton, like, I actually put some cotton on our Instagram, but yeah, let me, I'm going to get a cute picture of those, those. What a sugar mold looks like. That's a neat concept. Yeah. 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 Um, And then I think one of the things that we notice at the market that people just really gravitate to are bigger pieces that they can use as like a kitchen Island or Mm. a table, a TV console, something that's a little bit multifunctional that um, are, that is from an old, warehouse or an old barn that you can see layers and layers and layers of paint and it has a history and it's just something different like you're not going to walk in and find that in anyone else's home it's a true one of a kind okay as a mom of little boys do you feel like it's better to have vintage or is it more like oh no that's i can't just go replace that um well no i definitely think it's better because i also think that like i said before vintage pieces are made way better Mm. so my kids like dance i have a vintage coffee table and my kids dance on it all the time and it's so sturdy like it's not going anywhere that's awesome so you you don't have to worry about like it breaking as much i think as now if you have like a one of a kind papa bear chair that yeah you spent thousands thousands of dollars on it maybe rethink that or put it in your office (laughs) and not in your living room because kids just destroy things but Um, right. Okay, well, so just would you just give us a few minutes just to walk through your home and just tell us what is your favorite vintage cool stuff in your home? Oh, man, yes. I have a lot. <laughs> like I said, I, I'm on the, like, other end of the spectrum where I probably have too much vintage in my home, but um, let's see. My favorite pieces, I do have to say my couch is new, but it's vintage-inspired, so it's, like, a mid-century modern-looking couch, um, but that's probably, like, one of the only new things I have except for little accessories. And, oh, and our bedding. That is probably one vintage item I would not buy. Yeah. It's like maybe a quilt, 
but I probably wouldn't buy like vintage bed sheets. Just throwing it. That's out fair. There. I'll give you that. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Prison bed sheets. Is that right. <laughs> oh, well, so sheets. this is funny. So um, I'm, I'm going to do a shout out. My cousin's a fashion designer in Brooklyn, and he's actually he does quite a good job. And he told me the other day. He called me and said, "You want to know what's the hottest thing right now?" Installing prison sinks and toilets into your home. Apparently, all over Brooklyn, oh, people are clamoring for um, you know the the toilet seats that really I guess they don't have yeah. a, li- a seat that you can lift up they're and like down metal, and they're made yeah. of metal, mm-hmm, all one piece. So prison that's sinks. That's a great idea, but you don't have to clean it. Yeah, barely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can just have I mean, the person Think it. about it. Like you. Well, yeah, that's true. But on the lids, you know how it has like that crease that you can never ever clean. It's, yeah, like, so disgusting. Yeah, this is a boy mom. Oh, all of us Let's are boy moms. This. Yep. Right. So I, Let's have, I did have things. a design win the other day. I, I, when we were building our house, I asked my husband if we could put a urinal in the boys' bathroom, yes. and he was like, "No, we're never going to be able to resell this house." Now, to fast forward two years, he's like. I don't know why. I was so stupid. I totally should have let you put a urinal in. Because they, they pee everywhere. It's so gross. Oh, oh we actually had that same conversation. We really did. So There's mornings when yeah, my little one wakes up. Here, but no, no, it's totally fine. No, I think urinal. this is this is very home hour, mom hour. You know, this morning I woke up and actually I could hear. Because what happens is my children, they paddle into our room. And I'm still kind of groggy. I haven't brushed my teeth. And uh, our littlest comes in. And you, you they go straight to the potty. And you know, as a mom, when you just cringe, we have a little oriental rug actually oh, in front yeah, of our toilet and you can hear it oh. like hitting the rug versus the toilet. Oh. Oh. No, and we're just... going to stainless steel prison style yeah okay yeah. so we want to be um respectful of your time coley because i'm sure you have markets to plan and things to repurpose i agree tell... i want to ask her one oh go ahead graham oh i was Before just gonna say let you run, i wanted we oh, wanted to ask it. one question about actually shopping at a market Exactly. Give us some tips and strategies and what can we do? Do we start at the front? Do we work at the, go to the back first? Do we bring a list? What do we need to do? It's these places can be incredibly overwhelming, um, but also treasure hunting. So what, what's the strategy game plan us? So here's, here's my tips. I would say you need to make a list. So go through your home and go literally wall by wall and write down if there's something you're like, I really would like a mirror here. And it, I would like a chair here. I would like a table here. I need a map for this corner. I need a plant for this. So like go through and write down every single thing in your home that you need, even though if you know you won't find it there, you just never know. There's so many things that are, you, you never know what you're going to find. Um, so write down everything you need and then measure those spots so that the thing with vintage pieces is usually because they're one of a kind, they go really quickly. And I actually had a lady, um, I wish we had this on video because it it's my favorite market story. There was a big trunk and she was like pacing back and forth because she was trying to get a hold of her husband to make sure it was okay to buy the trunk, you know? And this woman was like, Oh, I'm going to buy this trunk. You know, she said behind her to the vin- to the vendor. And she goes, she was like horrified. She's like, no. And she said she didn't know what to do. And she just leaned over and licked it <laughs> because she wanted it so bad. And she was like waiting to hear from her husband. So she just licked it so she could claim it. And it was, it was, we were dying. I was like, are you, did you really just do that? I but say whoever wins gets first pick. Right, exactly. So like that shows you there might have been like lead paint on it too. I'm not sure, but um, it shows you like be ready because people are, especially when the market opens and people literally take their shoes off and run inside. So you have to be ready. You have to know what you want and you have to know if it's going to fit. Because a lot of times the bigger pieces are an investment, but they're totally worth it if you know it's going to fit and you know exactly exactly where it's going to go. So just approve all the purchases before you go, have cash in hand, 
have a list, have your measurements and be ready to buy. Do the mental delegating beforehand. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, I love that. Okay, well, I think it's time for the lightning round and we're all gonna be answering this question because we all love vintage and antiquing. So we're all gonna answer these questions, but I'm looking at my kitchen counter and I'm gonna go grab for the lightning round, my latest purchase from the junk in the trunk market. <laughs> I love that. Yes. You like my bell? I got a cute big brass bell. That's how I call my kids to dinner. And I got this at Junk in the Trunk a couple That's weeks amazing. ago. I know, don't you like my bell? So everybody, lightning round. Okay, I will have, I'll stop doing that because that's probably brought your own sound effects. No, it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> I know. We're like old fat, like I'm picturing the scene in Annie, which is oh, very yes. vintage where they're doing yeah. their sound effects. Okay. So good. All right. So real quick, I'm going to ask the questions. Coley can answer, Graham can answer, then I'll answer. Okay. All right. Favorite thing in your home that you've ever bought at a vintage store or vintage market? Oh, man. There's so many. Um, Probably my desk. It was an old, it's 11 foot old workbench that had iron legs and part bin drawers that had like a million little like sectioned off and my kids used it as their homework desk and it was probably my favorite. Correct. Okay, my thing are my opium pots. I actually bought them when I was in Seattle uh, a long time ago. Well, yeah, that's what people in Asia would smoke opium out of. But they're these beautiful little kind of ceramic pots. And they're very interesting conversation pieces because you would look at them and you would never know that that's what they were used for. That's awesome. That's um, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, coolest repurposed project you've ever seen. Oh, man. Um, In my house or just ever? Ever. Um, Inspire us. I, gosh, let me think. I actually, okay, for the dog lovers out there, I have seen people take like vintage dressers and turn them into little homes for dogs. So mm. you like glue the door drawers together and then you cut out like a secret door and you open it and the dogs just go in. Like a lot of people put it next to their bed and you it's just really open cool. a little hinge door and the dog crawls in there and sleeps there at night. And it's super cute, but it looks like a normal. Oh, it looks like a normal dresser. I love That's that. Very cool. You know, I would, I always like, okay, okay, here's a garden tip that I love. I love it when people use old doors and they use them as kind of entry, they put boxwoods around them and use them Mm -hmm. as entryways to kind of secret garden rooms. I've always thought that that's a neat thing to do. It's just finding gorgeous doors or pieces of ironwork. There's so many things you can do with doors. Those are a, a great find. If you ever find a cool door that you love, just buy it and Pinterest it because there's millions of ideas. Ooh, I love that. Um, I've seen like a fan made out of antique, um, antique, uh, it's probably fake, but, um, pedal, uh, what am I, propellers. Oh, I love cute. That. Yeah. yeah. So that's very cool. Okay. Coolest, um, I'm sorry, biggest repurposing flop. What has just <laughs> failed? What did you have a vision for? And it did not work out. Oh man. I don't know if I have a repurposing flop, but I am uh, the queen of like, instant like I want instant gratification and I just will like I'll buy it now I'll figure it out later and so there's many many items that I brought home and my husband looks at it and goes that's not gonna fit in our house I'm like of course it will and then it of course doesn't fit oh, and I so then I have to do the walk of shame I know I should measure <laughs> um, so I had to do the walk of shame and like list it on Craigslist and so sad because I like love the piece and my husband just has like this big old grin on his face like I told you so <laughs> that's so Real. sad 
Okay, you're going to laugh at this, but um, you know, around here you can find a lot of discount mink, and I got this great idea that I would start buying up mink, and I would be, you know, at really good prices, like just crazy stuff with faces and whatever, and then I'd somehow be able to make a patchwork blanket out of it. Um, but the truth is, <laughs> mink. Is, <laughs> I, I guess I kind of pictured myself like lying on this gigantic self-made mink throw in front of a burning fireplace, and your brain can take it from there. But anyway, mink. Is very, mink is very, very difficult to, um, to what do you call it, to tailor. So FYI, you really need okay. to try on your mink. And also, can I, when you, when you answer the, when you ask the next question, I think it might be my answer for that one as well. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, my biggest repurposing flop is just, it's just because I'm still not done is I have these three um, kind of antique oval frames and I feel like you never see oval and yeah. I painted them and I had this vision that I was going to put either like burlap behind them or chicken wire and they were going to become I have three children so each one was going to get one and they were going to be like where I hung their things and yeah. they've been under my bed again <laughs> we're, we learned on our feng shui so we're not supposed to keep things under our bed because you can't <laughs> sleep but they've been under my bed for about four years now and um, it's just I've broken the glass I mean it, anyway. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I should give it another try. I don't know. Yeah, we, we can have a project day. Oh, let's do it. Okay, so one thing you would never buy vintage. Mink is I'm gonna go. Fancy. I'm going to go with mink. I've gotten burned too many times on old animal fare. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, I am going to say bed sheets. Good one. Uh -huh. I already said that, but I just think some things are just... Yeah, I agree. Anything that's like a textile, I'm not into. Like maybe a throw pillow, but I just yeah. feel like I can get over the other people's stuff things. But on fabrics, like I don't even want fabric like my own family has sat on too long. Well, but then, okay, just can I ask one quick sidebar question? Because I know this is a lightning round and we should be sidebarring. But obviously cast iron skillets are great. And they're great little finds sometimes at cool vintage markets because they're useful and you heat them up and they're usually nicely seasoned. And that's kind of a good score. But I also feel like I find a lot of waffle irons when I'm shopping. Would you ever buy an old school waffle iron? Oh, totally. You can bleach that. Bleach? Um, we have right? a we have a waffle yeah. iron that's new that we never use just because <laughs> my kids don't. My kids prefer like gross waffles from the freezer, so I wouldn't buy a waffle iron. Not because not because it's gross, but just because I already have a nice one and we barely use it. So and well, that's your problem, Kirsten. Yeah, our wedding. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> we like last question. Okay, and the last question: the number one item on your vintage shopping wish list. I would like to build a vintage wardrobe. Ooh. I do not. I do not usually have the time at our markets to like try on clothes, and I, we have a few vendors that have like killer vintage clothing. Um, and so I would like to start like slowly building like a vintage wardrobe hey well coley i have a few jackets that i can send your way in fact um okay <laughs> i do that's the only thing i have i have a few vintage coats that i have got either handed down from grandma or purchased i have like a gucci raincoat that's amazing that's, cool. that's timeless that's, that's cool. classic but yes that's if so you wonderful. have anything you'd like to send me i will take it except for the mink i might not yeah. take the mink that's <laughs> what i was saying I, might, I have a few extra California. jackets you probably don't need yes. that good point <laughs> Do they have the face on it? <laughs> oh, of course. Better with the face. Extra, extra bonus. <laughs> so sad. I've got um, face and feet. Graham, what's the number one item on your vintage shopping wish list? 
I would say it would be, I like estate jewelry. Honestly, I think that's a really fun thing to do. I'm going to try to pick up some more um, bracelets and necklaces. I'm going to start looking for the tiny stuff for me. Hmm. I think I just want more blue and white china because... I can never have enough. So anyway, well, those are fun. I love our lightning round and I loved having this time to talk to Coley. Um, Thank you for being on our show and thank you for spending your morning with us. Coley, can you just tell us a little um, bit about your website and where everyone can find you? Yes, absolutely. It's um, junkinthetrunkvintagemarket.com. And again, we're in Scottsdale and we're also in San Diego and LA. Oh, perfect. So anyone planning, you know, a sweet beach vacation or a trip to Disneyland, you're going to want to plan it around Junk in the Trunk this summer. So um, thank you so much. And we're going to definitely post some of those great pictures of the things we talked about. Y'all are going to die over her little boy's bathroom. It's amazing. So thank you, Coley, for being here. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Coley. We'll be back next week with another episode. 